Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Tina Horn, and you're listening to Why Are People Into That, the podcast for queers, sluts, perverts, whores, and everyone who loves us. This January, the Pleasure Chest is highlighting all the ways you can expand your pleasure in 2020. They'll be sharing their sex specialist secrets to help you prioritize your pleasure in the new decade and beyond. They're also getting started on Valentine's Day early. You can save 20% on their most popular sex toys that are designed with couples in mind. That's January 14th through January 20th, online only at PleasureChest.com. While you're visiting PleasureChest.com, check out their curated couples kits, available right up until February 14th. But wait, there's more. From January 17th to February 11th, you can get a free WeVibe toy bag with all WeVibe toy purchases. Use code WEVIBEGWP online or visit a Pleasure Chest store in New York City, LA, or Chicago. Now, don't forget to follow at Pleasure Chest stores on Instagram and Twitter for up to the minute info on these deals and much more from the sex positive community icon. All right, and now on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Wire People Into That live at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. A good crowd. It's a good crowd. It's a really good crowd. Absolutely. And we know where they're all coming from, yeah, too, great. thanks to you. Yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. I'm Tina Horn, and Why Are People Into That is my slutty, kinky, queer, perverted as fuck sexuality podcast. I've been producing and hosting Why Are People Into That 100% independently for over five years now. My God, it is actually almost six years. And in the past couple of years, I've been recording some episodes live in front of a studio audience often at the sex-positive sex toy retailer, The Pleasure Chest. And the main difference between the regular Wire People Into That pod and the live show is that instead of choosing one sexuality topic, we cover a whole spectrum. And uh, usually I have a, a special rock star sex ex- sex expert i don't like the term sexpert for the record i like i'm a fan of most portmanteaus but i find sexpert to be like a really obnoxious portmanteau <laughs> least favorite portmanteau of all time sexpert it's raining we're pms it's, it's just true. it's a whole deal anyway oh so <laughs> our cycles aren't synced up yet but i feel like maybe in At the next point. hour it might happen yeah when you bitch enough about <laughs> the certain so same, the same thing kvetching just, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like that mesh bodysuit yeah, I tried on earlier that, that did not fit. It was almost there. It was almost, it was almost the, there. The cannabis leaves weren't covering my yeah. nipples. Anyway, but it's just going to be me and Maddox. And when I say just, I feel <laughs> like we have enough uh, opinions and personality to fill this 
damn basement. So, um, so I think it's, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm tired today. That's what I. Am. I know we are <laughs> both so we're both so tired. But you know what? This is us tired. So imagine it's pretty fucking energized yeah. and a little neurotic. So oh, I'm yeah. going to tell you a little bit about Maddox, who you've already heard from a little bit. Amazon. Maddox, so what is Amazon? What part of your identity is it? Is that a part, a part of your name or is that like your designation? Your honorific? Yeah, yeah, it's more like my honorific. Awesome. Um, yeah, it just, it fit. And I didn't want to be mistress or goddess or, I mean, I'm cool with being called that. And Maddox is, you could also call me Maddox, but Amazon Maddox is my my preferred honorific, is my stage name, my performance name, you know. Things like I love that. it. Thank I you. really love it. Yeah, Amazon is an alternative to mistresses or yeah. masters, really. It's really great. I, I love cool. it. Thank you. So Amazon Maddox, a.k.a. Bruja Pussy with an X instead of a U. Mm-hmm. Do you pr- still pronounce it pussy? I, I have questions. I have so many questions about your bio. Every <laughs> word of your bio, I have questions. Of course, please. I want to, I would love to answer. It's, there's an X because I'm gender fluid. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Also probably helps with being the shadow censorship. banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's censorship. Yeah. yeah, it's totally bullshit. But I like how you've turned the sense the censorship into an affirmation of your gender trying man fuck yeah fucking stick it to the man somehow exactly (laughs) all right i'm gonna start from the beginning okay amazon maddox aka bruja pussy is an afro-latinx gender fluid new yorker through their work as a dominant life coach and guide, they strive to make BDSM and alternative lifestyles more of a well-represented community for marginalized groups, as well as make meaningful connections with those they encounter on their own journey into self-discovery, pleasure, and healing. Parent, activist, former New York City bike messenger, also we need to talk about that. <laughs> there is oh, not man. much they can't handle. I can testify this is true. Maddox's pronouns are she slash they slash mama daddy, which I fucking love. (laughs) Maddox, will you, no, I, I feel it's important to be, I like talking about money and being transparent about money. So I, I feel it's important for me to be transparent that I do pay my guests when we do the live show and uh, you can choose uh, to either get a check or to get credit for the pleasure chest. Maddox chose credit. I did. And uh, and immediately spent it immediately. Uh, so yes. tell us what you transformed the labor you're so. doing right now. You got paid up front. Yes, like you should. Like I should. And Thank then you, you. the labor you're doing right now has already been transformed into a good and or service. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what I have, mean, what have you got? So okay, I usually I was ready to spend this stuff like this um, this voucher on uh, stuff for work. You know, because I'm always like. Stuff for work, you know, other people, like my other, my partners, you know, people I play with or my primary partner. And um, this time I'm like, we were perusing, you know, up and down the aisle the last hour. And I'm like, you know what? I've been wanting something remote controlled for a while. Oh, yeah. And the only real vibrator I have is that good old Hitachi. Which, you know. is a good old Hitachi, you know. It's classic. It's classic. And the wall one, not the rechargeable one, the one to the wall. My, okay. yeah, my, I don't want to be upset and find it like, you know, but this, but, but this is the, this new one I got here is the Wee Vibe, the Moxie Wee Vibe. So it's a clitoral, wearable clitoral vibrator. Oh, it's wearable. It's wearable. It's fashion. It's through, through denim, you know, like they've tried it wow. leather. Yeah. So I was impressed and it's very strong, rechargeable, remote controlled. 
apps for both uh, type of operating systems. So I'm really excited about that shit. I have a date night with my with my boo soon, so we're gonna have some fun with it. I am <laughs> so excited for you. I haven't even seen that one yet, and it looks it looks it's adorable. I think it's adorable, cute, and yeah. powerful. It, it's pretty powerful, like you. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Cool. So that's what. Oh, and the over oh, there, but and it comes with more stuff. But there's more. So um, I got the little cute little gift box here. It's a little cute little present since it's the holidays. A massage oil. This looks like silicone-based lube. Hell to me. yeah! Uh, hell yeah! <laughs> and pretty little satin ties. I mean, I'm like, you, like you know, for like binding and stuff. Like, pretty little handcuffs. I'm not into that, but I have a lot of people who are into. I'm really like, I like leather and shackles and chains. But I, I have, I have really high femmes in my life who are like pretty. <laughs> I actually just did a soft bondage scene um, at the Goddess Soft two weeks ago. It was yarn bondage, like oh. yarn, you know, and. Um, cuffs made of satin ties by Knox, Mox, one of those companies. But yeah, it was like, it was pretty, it was interesting. It was interesting. That's cool. I mean, I, I love, I love hearing you talk about the difference in textiles yeah. in your scenes mm -hmm. and thinking about how different textiles create different restraint experiences. Yeah. And it might have to do with having a fetish for that material, yeah. but it also can have to do with like what well it can be it could definitely be about gender yeah like maybe you want a softer scene as opposed to a heavier scene mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to correspond to femininity or masculinity but it's right. an element to play with yeah absolutely and some uh leather uh leather latex are the biggest like um, i guess maybe nylon is also lace you know those are like the mainstream material fetish that we hear of you know yeah. and, and most of the other materials that I know I've used it in work and play has been those um, yeah. rope, of course, as well in terms of restraint. And I know like maybe even some someone seeing like a really experienced heavy player would see a pair of satin ribbons attached to a little O-ring and they're like, <laughs> you know, like that's bullshit. What is that? I could get out of that in a second. Sure, you can. I'm sure. But that's not really the point. You yeah. know, and some people on the opposite spectrum would see big heavy leather shackles with like locking and feel like intimidated well, or scary yeah, or, yeah like it's too hardcore or uh, yeah. whatever for them so it's good to have options i feel you know? yeah but it's also well first of all something that i like about what you're saying is that you know what your preferences are yeah. but then as a provider you get to have experiences with things that are maybe not to your taste and learn what their pros and cons are and it's not just about your your taste your style your preferences your desire it, it's about exploring and experimenting with different things and also thinking like meeting people where they're at yeah it's a really cool thing about being a sex worker yeah in any capacity absolutely i i agree um and something I like to advertise is, especially like newbies or people who have the wrong idea of BDSM, kink fetish, what have you, of the work that you know I specifically do. I like to show them that you know there's those cliches or those uh, archetypes or what have you that we kind of have to let go of, uh, especially nowadays. You know, the new generation. You know, we're we're kind of taking shit. You know, we ain't taking shit and we're taking our shit and we're doing it our way. <laughs> yeah. Which is great, you know. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Also, it's really important to, as a provider, to be open. You know, I've come from an educational background. My mother was a teacher for so many years. I just have always wanted to like either help people or guide people or teach people. So, 
that education that you could provide as well as this, the services and the skills that I have are equally, if not more important, you know, especially nowadays. Totally. That thing that you said about people being like, well, once you're experienced, you don't want the soft stuff anymore. And I think that that's a total fallacy. I mean, yeah, there's going to be elitists. So, you know, it's very, yeah, it's very elitist. And I feel, yeah, and it's very, snobby. I also feel like it's very, um, like patriarchal and oh, okay. colonialist, yeah. you know, it's yeah, like, classist. like bigger, but yeah, very classist. Yeah, I could see that. Cause you I mean, not all of us can afford. I knew when I first started, I couldn't afford anything leather. It's real leather, you know? So things like regular old cotton rope, like clothesline from the discount store that you cut up into length, you know, that worked for a while, you know, <laughs> until you, you grow and you kind of like become into your own self, which has been uh it's been a hell of a journey, but you know, I know I'm not done, definitely. And I don't want oh, to be no. done. You're definitely you know? not. Yeah, if you're, if you're not learning, then you're dead. <laughs> you know, that's how my mom said that. So I kind of, like, live by that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of mom slash yes. parents, uh, one of the things that you wanted to talk about today yeah. was being a parent mm -hmm. and specifically being a parent who is kinky and poly. Or maybe not specifically yourself, but just, like, the whole, the, like, the concept of parenting while being a part of or identifying with sexual subcultures yeah because it exists <laughs> it totally exists so what yeah. are some of the like wonderful things about that and also maybe some of the trials and tribulations oh yeah oh my goodness a lot of people who are like i'm talking about sex worker specific like a lot of them are parents, whether you know about it or not. You know, I know a lot of hardworking mamas and daddies who are outside the role play yeah, who yeah. are doing their thing, who are trying to either, like, I feel like I, so far, I'm the only one who's kind of, like, out loud about being a parent, which comes with, you know, its own hotbed of issues. But, uh... Yeah, what, maybe let's start there, let's start there. because I feel like you are one of the only people who I've seen who's social media well something okay something that i'm really obsessed with is the way that people are starting to integrate different parts of their personalities into their social media personas yeah. i've talked about this a lot that like when i got started as a sex worker there was a it, there was no social media or there was like friendster <laughs> just dated myself yeah and, uh, yeah i remember that shit <laughs> <laughs> and the way that i was educated and, and trained and, and turned out was very much like people don't like clients don't have access to you when they're not booking your time right which really was great for me and then I eventually like got on social media like as Tina Horn as this character persona but then I felt like more and more demands every year on like how much of myself I put into that character that's represented on that social media mm -hmm. and I see other sex workers you know posting about their real life partners or posting about their real life pets or posting in their real life homes or posting from their vacations yeah. you know and I, I i'm not going to be a fucking concern troll about it like they're making those choices about how they're integrating those things and i think that the obvious benefit is clients and the world at large seeing us as human beings exactly. like what a fucking concept but so <laughs> you are one of the only but I, I feel like there is a sort of a a, a, a final taboo of yeah. a lot of sex workers not including their like their parents or their children like that level of 
family life. And you and also, you know, uh, Maxine Holloway and, and some folks that I know are, are starting to like bring their parenthood into the same place that they're advertising their services. Yeah. So I'm wondering, how did you how did you come to integrate those things? So before I was Bruja Pussy, I was the chubby cruiser <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yes, that was me, the chubby cruiser. <laughs> um, because I was like the only fat girl on a bike for quite a few years. Um, let's see, the baby's four now. I was like message for like, like three, four years before that. So I, That's, I, That is gnarly. Yeah, it's some shit, man. Let me tell you, it's some shit. It's hot. <laughs> it's really fucking hot. I, I honestly, besides when I'm Maddox, you know... Um, being on my bike was when I felt like I'm the biggest, baddest bitch in the world. My bike didn't have any brakes because I was like, fixie life, you know, bike messenger type shit. I don't need no helmet. Look, um, I did a lot of stupid things, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad your here. head is still intact. I'm, it's still here. I'm still, I still <laughs> love, it's there. Now the helmet's just huge and fluffy. But, um, <laughs> so I was very ingrained. My, I was chubby cruiser for a long time. Um, when my kid was about one and a half, I saw the Viceland episode with uh, Sweet Kill, Mistress Lucy Sweet Kill, oh, yeah. and Mistress Couple. I remember, and then it just brought me back. I'm like, oh shit, man, dominatrices are still around, <laughs> you know? Because when I was 18, I'm gonna be 33 next month, but when I was 18, just to give you perspective of how long ago it was, um, 18, my father passed. I got really close to my downstairs neighbor. We were cooking together. That was something me and my dad liked to do. She lost her dad around the same time. We just got closer. You know, she was always dope. So dope. I don't know how, but she she was a pro-dom. She just, we just came out. She was a pro-dom. I think I saw something in her house that I recognized because I was an alternative kid. Mm. You know, I was like, punk goth, rock. Yeah. Well, you, you were know? like, oh, yeah, I, I bought that at Hot Topic. Yeah, I was probably at or Spencer's or something. Oh, my God, Spencer's. Spencer's. I believe that was where my first sex toy was from. Right, I feel, right? Like, yeah. It get, you know, they get get the job done. They get the job done at, yeah. at the time. And then you learn. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And then you get paid and then, and in then you get vibrators. Paid in vibrators that have apps. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And you can wear it on your jeans. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> 2020 y'all it's gonna be a big year anyway you really this is your glow up this is the glow up y'all <laughs> this is it you drop that dead weight you know you cut cut off that toxic shit in your life and just like literally like toxic like, sex toys that they mm, sell at spencer's uh, gifts and those yeah. as well yeah of course that's, yeah that's what we should really talk about it's so, it's, it's inter i don't mean to interrupt but no. it, it, was, it was this has come up twice now and like yeah. i was thinking about what you were saying about the like classist bias of like oh well you're not like really kinky or you're not really queer you're not really a sex worker you're not yeah, really yeah, yeah. a pervert you're not really any of these things yeah. it, you're not a super slut like unless you have like all this fancy expensive gear um and so then you use like stuff from the dollar store which is like maybe actually like not as safe oh mm -hmm. uh, you know or like sensual or nice or durable mm -hmm. as stuff that you can buy at the pleasure chest and the same with the like shitty toxic vibrator that actually is like probably going to give you uti yeah so this toy that you got is like worth the investment but not everybody can like literally right. can afford to make that investment and i don't know i guess no it's true because pleasure has, is like pleasure is a privilege right it feels that very much it that shouldn't way. be it shouldn't be but it feels that way. Um, I guess maybe because capitalism. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is probably capitalism. <laughs> um, it's definitely to blame. But we, you know, you learn at some point. You know, like we all have bought that cheap shit and we all regret it at some point. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so so, anyway, so so you're so you're shedding 
the toxic shedding i shed that toxic shit and you know the glow up is real and now i have a remote control vibrator sitting right so your downstairs neighbor so my downstairs neighbor was a dominatrix she had these freaking boots these thigh high boots i should have guessed right because one time i guess she came back from her vanilla job who knows but she had these red thigh high boots custom made from london and i'm like and i'm like (laughs) 10 11 years old and i'm like and I, lo- I love heels. I've I pretty much I'm a heel boot fetish. I'm a bitch. I'm a boot bitch for real. Um, and I was just obsessed. And you know, I'm like I should have figured it out. <laughs> I should have like you were a dominatrix. I should have figured it out. I mean, we don't you have know. enough education about. We don't, especially back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was a kid. Also came from a kind of like a shelter. They tried to like they saw how, my parents saw how I was going to be. You know, they they saw. They saw. It would actually be nice to make a little like anthology or some little piece about I I know so many prodoms who have that memory of like, "Oh, and I I just I knew that I like wanted to bask in her glory and be her and be around her." And then later I figured out that she was a dominatrix and I was like, "Well, that's what I'm going to do." Yeah, makes sense. It does. And that's exactly how I felt with my downstairs neighbor. I miss you, girl. Uh, Mistress Leslie Savage. That's what she went by. I don't know. She disappeared. Like most dominatrixes from the olden days, you know, they do their thing. They pack up shop and you never hear from them again. You never see them. Well, if you're listening. Well, if you're listening. Yeah, girl. Every time I'm on something, I'm like, girl, find me. Anyway, I don't remember the play party she brought me to. I I was 18. Very turbulent time. Uh, between then and and, and was and, it, that yeah. was in New York. That was in yeah, that was in Queens. In Queens, uh, born and raised right. in Queens. Hell yeah, so, yeah, man. Um, I miss her. It was a lot of fun, but that was my gateway. You know, well, that was my gateway physically. I remember many things coming to me as a youngster. I'd be like, I like that. You know, like leather, or like boots. Or what like a beautiful thing a to whip. have that to have that mentorship and that guidance of somebody that you trusted yeah. to take you to your first play party. I wish it was, I wish I could remember. I, I wish I could remember, but I knew it was like, Oh, I like watching. I'm a big ass voyeur. So like, I love watching. I, I remember that. Yeah. I'm like, I also love watching her do her thing. I'm like, yeah. You know, I could definitely do So that. how long before you started Ooh, doing that thing? Yeah, so I've been a uh, pro-dom for going on two years in March. Uh, March April. And you've been, like, kinky in your personal life. Oh, yeah, for yeah. a long time. Remember when Ursula did this? I sure do. I was very much into that. And now I have, a like, an art piece of the, Ur- Ursula's a dominatrix on my wall. Oh, so. my God, I love that. I know, she was very much a very big influence. Ursula has th- th- this thing... She's where like yeah, her does. body is also her outfit you yeah know what i'm talking about yeah 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 and it's hot it's hot <laughs> it's hot in She's ursula's case top. yeah yeah, well, yeah like a, yeah it's like a, a tube bustier. dress yeah. Bustier thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's like shiny yeah 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 she's just a badass bitch yeah of course we love her Absolutely. we love her well shortly after my dad died i kind of like you know family life was like in a downward spiral my mom and my brother were and me were left um, I ran, I not ran away, but she gave me the option. If you don't like it, leave. So I fucking left. Um, cause you don't, don't give me the option. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> and, um, I, I went to a, I, my coworker at the time. Um, she found the place in Jamaica, Queens, and she was an ex stripper an ex, um, you know, uh, from back in the day. And it's safe to say when you're an ex stripper from back in the day, you were also, uh, you know, you were also a full service worker at yeah. some point. Uh, and she was, um, and she kind of, she kind of taught me some things, especially I, I was very, I was, I was like 19, 20. So she taught me that if you're good at something, don't do it for free, take what you can, 
closed mouths don't get fed, things like that, things I was not used to because, and only recently I have become so open about asking for what my, you know, for what I need and what I think I deserve since becoming a mom. I know it's cliche, but that really taught me how to. You have to at some point, right? Um, So she taught me that, you know, she's very, she's still a very strong person, don't take no shit, been through a lot, you know. So... I remember going to a club with her one day and like char- getting like charging guys two dollars for a dance and stuff, things like that. I didn't do much other than that because I was like, yeah. Uh, later on, I mean, I say escorting, but that's just to pad it up, you know. That's just to soften the blow, you know. Really, I just followed some piece of shit around for like a summer, and I'm like, no, this is not what I want to do. I know I could, I know I want to use my wiles yeah my yeah yeah, my wiles my sexuality for things not necessarily to get what i want but you know i like getting what i want but you know also uh, to like survive make ends survive make ends meet um also because growing up as a fat brown girl i was basically taught that I didn't deserve to feel good. You know, I didn't deserve pleasure. No one was going to want to be with me because I was of size and uh, whatever the fuck else I was, you know? So I very and then much... You, and then and you here realized I that that was <laughs> fucking wrong. I was fucking wrong. Um, and I'm here to say that that's fucking wrong. Anyone out there thinking that because they're too big, fat, and people have made them feel like they don't deserve this, they're, they don't deserve to feel good or have a fucking orgasm, it's bullshit. Fuck that person. Fuck that. Drop that. Don't fuck that person, actually. No, Drop no, them. Fuck that, no, fuck that whole, fuck fuck that that whole idea. Fuck, fuck that noise. noise. Yeah. Don't fuck that person with the noise. But... <laughs> Toss it to the side and just start, just make yourself feel good. It starts with yourself because I had to learn that too. You know, I tried to like get gratification through other people, use sex with other, uh, with other people to like feel good or like gain power because sex is very much a power, is power exchange. No matter if it's between two lovers, people, you know, it's still an energy exchange, you know? So after that shit and, you know, um, getting with my partner, fast forward, we're like, nine years married and 14 years together in total he's my biggest supporter um he just got his ass beat for his birthday in september by like four doms <laughs> at euphoria's party he's the best yeah oh, yeah i know he's so lucky i am i'm very lucky no he's lucky. oh true <laughs> that, that too um yeah so what, so okay i love all of this <laughs> And I and I want to get back to what made you yeah. decide because you you said that you wanted to talk about this. Yes. What okay. made you decide that you felt comfortable using the same platform? You right. Were ta- you were talking about we were, being the uh, chubby cruiser. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> bike messenger. Yeah. And then you had your kiddo. I had my kiddo. And I saw the Viceland episode. And you decided to go pro. Just say fuck it. Let me try. You know. And. Yeah. And so was there any point where you felt like you wanted to separate your personal life from your marketing persona? So at first it was, I kind of like eased everybody into it. I changed my name and that made people go like, what the fuck, who are you? Anyway, but like before I ventured into sex work, I worked on a lot of uh, my spirituality, postpartum depression, hit me very, very hard. I had a great pregnancy, all right? So anybody out there say that fat people can have healthy pregnancies, fuck you, okay? Nine and a half baby, fuck that noise. Um, So working on my spirituality um, 
And not just the light work, not just the positive shit, but the shadow work, which is very important. I feel like it's maybe even more important than the light work because you can't, because that that false light, you know, you'll mm. that false positivity without burying deep and getting to that root of the problem. It's Wait, how like, do you tell the difference between false light and so... real light? I need to know. <sighs> I mean, well, first of all, you feel like intuitive. I feel like, you know, you can feel it. But someone who's like, you know, toxic positivity, you know, we all, we've heard of that. What can, can you give me an example? Yeah. So I'm going through a depressive episode and someone says, oh, go to the gym. Just get that endorphins going. No. Yeah. Cool. That's not going to fix my depression though. <laughs> That's not going to fix the fact that I feel like I'm worthless. Sometimes to the point where I want to hurt myself, you know? So all that, all that you'll get over it, all that it's okay, all posting just positive memes and shit like that without even like acknowledging that it's shitty. Life is very shitty at times. It's all about a balance, you know, that too much good, you know, it's, 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 it's it doesn't work. And so it's, so it's about balance, it's balance and that's how you can tell when something is, is phony is when it's like going so far, so far tipping this, the scale yeah yeah and then not acknowledging the shadow side and then not acknowledging the shadow side because it's important to um you have to say things you don't like you have to hear things that you rather not hear you have to face those things that you rather not face to get over to the other side and to really feel like you're like you kind of surpassed that time in your life that piece of your life that was you felt like you probably couldn't you know that was just me a couple months ago you know yeah. I mean it happens it comes and goes you know up and down but again having a kid has I was a control freak you know so it's like taught me to let go of the idea of control because control is is an idea is is, re is not real you know it's kind of what we make control you know like in our mind so, so. did you realize that trying to control the different sides of you in how you represented yourself online was just never going to work and you decided to just integrate it? Did yeah. you like make a decision or were you just like... I think it just happened organically, to be honest. It's amazing. Um, the more comfortable I got with being truthful with what I was into, with who I, who I am and who I want to be... Um, a friend of mine told me you will definitely people will see you better if you're if you're transparent <laughs> you know it sounds funny but it's if you're clear and transparent people will see you better and probably receive you better and you know yeah definitely I could definitely people have ultimately received my uh I guess coming out <laughs> for you know for like the fourth time <laughs> so many things to be out about so many things to be out about um do you have advice for parents who are trying to figure out how to navigate biases and stigma mm. and just fucking bullshit noise yeah. about not being able to be publicly sexual yeah when and what like while parenting mm. and also why 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 does it even happen why yeah I mean, yeah, it's funny because, like, I obviously had a lot of fun making the kid. You know, like, I'm not going to, what, I'm supposed to stop having fun after the kid's here? It's harder to have fun <laughs> when the kid's here. 
But honestly, and I'm still working through this, so my best advice, because my kid's just four years old, he's still pretty young, I guess my advice will go more towards mothers um, and maternal, feminine caregivers, what have you. Because we're basically taught, forced, that we have, that we're a mother now. And we're like this saintly, pure figure after having a baby, after getting nutted in by a man Okay, we are so apparently right after we're supposed to be like Virgin Marys and shit like that. Um, we can't talk about sex. We can't be wearing sexy things in front of the kids. Okay, I firmly agree that there's some things that you should not be doing in front of your kids. You should keep away from your kids until they're old enough. But as far as still having a sex life and being a parent, it takes work. But see, this is the thing that is such bullshit is like, the idea that you wouldn't, that people wouldn't have the common sense mm. to have good boundaries and, and to understand what is appropriate to share. And that also it, to a certain degree, is up to individuals to decide, right? Like yeah. if a family feels like they're all comfortable being buck naked, like in the yeah. house together, then you also like have a conversation with the kid about like, just so you know, different families and different households have different standards also like outside world like has different standards about when we have to wear clothes yeah. um but inside our house it, you know and these are just like basic principles that also apply to things other than nudity like mm -hmm. there are different values in homes and families than than other homes and families and in the the general world and bodies and sexuality is just a part of that and like yeah. also understanding the difference between like being naked around your kid versus being sexual around right. your kid yeah because nudity is not inherently sexual no exactly you know? so we're taught that also communication is like the biggest factor in that right like if you don't talk to your kids about things they're not gonna know or they're not or they're gonna learn from a different source um i'd rather have the control over what I teach my kids, you know, like how I teach them, you know, especially since things like sex ed in, uh, in the school system is bullshit. So fuck that noise too. Fuck that noise. Uh, DOE, I'm looking at you. Oh man. It's, it's a shame that we have to have these conversations because of, I don't know, prudish colonial constructs. Definitely. That's definitely, that's some, definitely to blame. I mean, and it's ridiculous because Europeans are fucking Whoa, you know, a lot of euros. I know they're like, y'all are great. You know, they're crazy. I love them. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, sorry it's about bullshit. our ancestors. Sorry, guys. Our, but like, yeah, oh, mine. Your, your yeah, no, no, mine. Well, yeah, I mean, European. Well, you know, I'm not, not you specifically. No, no, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. You're great. You're making up for all those prude I'm Puritan <laughs> bullshits. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, 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 all those Norwegian and Romanian prudes. Uh, oh, doing, I'm well, doing you know, my best. You're doing your best. Yeah. And that's all we can ask for. <laughs> and that's something else that I've learned as a mother. Do mm. your best. That's all you could, that's all you could do. Um, and being a parent and being uh, a sex worker, a polyamorous person, um, pretty liberated person, uh, boundaries are... Um, you know, there's also that's also something I've I've learned to really enforce. You know, through this work, and after being a parent, because um, your time becomes more pre I guess more precious. I don't know how to really 
it you you're split up a lot you know like i'm split up a lot uh, between family life uh being a mother being a partner being a partner to my prime brain partner but also to my other partners and then uh my submissives and uh the clients that i see and it's like so many ways i'm split and sounds like you're giving a lot i give a lot um because that's just kind of how so I where am. do you get where do you get from so i get from um you know my my support team which includes my primary partner awesome their partners friends my awesome friends um and uh and and my family members um like my brother my brother and my cousin are like my biggest supporters so that's really awesome this new vibrator seems oh, like it might this is gonna be a giver give and me not a taker so much it's <laughs> gonna be great I'm going to be so tired. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. Um, so I also, when I when I feel like a burnout's coming, which mm. my next break is in January, by the way. So if y'all want to see me, make sure it's before January 13th. That's my birthday. I feel reciprocated when I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see that, I guess my family is happy. When I have a, like a good session and my clients like oh like they they pushed about and they pushed the threshold they thought they couldn't or they try something new and they figured they didn't they thought they didn't like it and they liked it or we just you know we just kind of like broke into the next something that like it makes me feel gratified with my work that feeds you that feeds me cool. um, also giving like pleasure feeds me like I like making my my people feel good you know whether it's through like orgasms or like a really good meal or like. I don't know, like rolling two blunts and something and smoke them to the face together. You know, like, I don't know. Like, sounds great. Sounds great, right? I feel better already. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I could help. <laughs> and you know me, I'm always bringing weed with me everywhere. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> Canada, I definitely am. Well, unfortunately, my that mesh bodysuit with that the cannabis damn. Uh, leaves over the nipples did not fit me, so, so I can't. Here I, is a note for for fucking clothing designers, right? Oh yeah, wait. Actually, this is a good transition because the other thing that you wanted to talk about was uh, was being a fat sex worker. Yeah, so this is a great segue into that. So those leaves need to be bigger because <laughs> not not everyone has tiny ass nipples like this or what have. All right, like, listen, all of the cannabis leaves. Need need to be our bigger bait. whether they're covering our nipples or, or we're smoking them smoking to our dome yeah i don't know but they're in general they're pretty bigger big. so oh my goodness being a fast sex worker man let me tell you first of all we were just talking about this talk about that mesh bodysuit that we have to consider the things we buy a lot a lot more than uh than our smaller com- com- compatriots or um, they just like literally doesn't like you see a look yeah and you're like well i can't I would like to do that look, but, but it has not been made, and I can't afford yeah. to have someone custom or make it for me. That's or, true, because it's fucking expensive for custom, yeah. especially fetish shit. You know, like I tell you, man, Rihanna's lingerie line, uh, yes. the ads yeah. make me actually cry because I, uh, like, when I started as a sex worker, you know, I was 24. There's like a little bit more. Tina Horn like being carried around now than there yeah. was then but I was yeah. like always <laughs> two C's and I didn't own when I was getting started I did not own any lingerie I did not own any lacy panties I didn't I had never worn high heels in my entire life and so all of my exploration of that like 
feminine glamour was always for the purpose of, of sex work. And like, you know, there was, there were only so the, the, listen, everything that I bought looked great on me, but, and I made a ton of money. So it was obviously like doing a lot. Right. But like when you don't see like in the, on the packages, in the ads of even the things that you're buying that end up looking good on you. And then you don't, you know, you don't see them in, in vogue and editorials and you don't see celebrities who are looking that way and you're just like oh well uh, the way that this lingerie looks on me is like this weird way that it looks on my body which is apparently marketable and great you Mm -hmm. know but then to see these like lingerie sets on the models for savage fenty right i'm like oh that's how a garter belt looks on my ass. Yeah. And I'm seeing it on this like beautiful, glamorous model who was paid way more than I've ever been paid mm-hmm. to wear lingerie. <laughs> and I just, it really, it, you know, representation matters. It really but it does. makes me, you know, it makes me feel beautiful. And by the way, it makes me want to buy the exactly. shit. Which, which is why I don't understand what clothing lines only go up to like a certain size. Y'all could be making so much more money if you extended your size and marketed to everyone. Like you're idiots. Anyway. Yeah. The one <laughs> thing that people love more than money is controlling how much we all hate ourselves. That's uh, true. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Absolutely. That's- when was the first time that you saw imagery like sexy imagery that you saw yourself in? <sighs> this is a good question. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. No, especially now. And I was a Tumblr kid, so I was lucky enough to like, you know, y'all that's remember another, Tumblr. That, well, that's another thi- yeah. that sh- thing that is a fucking shame yeah, about I'm, porn not being allowed on Tumblr anymore is that the internet is, is yeah, yeah. fucking Sesta Fossa. And, and every, you know, everything around, I mean, Tumblr didn't shut down specifically because of Fosta Sesta, but because but of the uh, everything that is yeah. going on or, around it, this sort of like groundswell of yeah. of shutting down uh, sex online. It's for real, guys. It's really scary. Yeah, it's really and happening. Tumblr is not perfect, no. but it was often a place where you see fat bodies, diversity of bodies, yeah. d- diversity of races, diversity of yeah. kinds of sexual identities of what you know because people were sharing it with one another and it wasn't necessarily being like controlled and dictated and marketed by corporate interests yeah and that's what really got me into like because i've always wanted to be do modeling i've always wanted to do things like that and really i remember tumblr virgie virgie trevar oh yes yes yeah um hot and heavy i still read i still go back and read that book all the time i really love I really love that was one of Virgie's the first great. she's great that was one of the first and she was like she's brown too yeah. you know um yeah her uh her latest book is uh you have the right to remain fat yeah yeah true and I want to see her speak she's a very good speaker yeah totally um she was one of the first ones I remember also Tess Holiday being uh one of the ones but back in the day when she was on Tumblr she mm. was like sick for cute like the old Tess Holiday. Shauna Shauna from Chubby Cartwheels that was um, one of the first clothing Domino Dollhouse and Chubby Cartwheels were the first independent clothing lines by fat women for fat people fuck yeah that I'm like oh this is awesome and they had such cute shit and I'm like okay 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 and then I started riding my bike and doing a fashion bike blog for a little bit cool Um, I did Curvy Con and Full Figure Fashion Week this was years ago I don't do that shit no more because it's like uh, it's draining that was like my first 
positive images of seeing fat women not being degraded, not being um, made fun of, not looking like shit, you know, or being like being frumpy, fetish, or- being frumpy, uh, not looking, uh, not looking like complete like fetish objects, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Also, not just the not just the typical BBW type of archetype of fat woman. Then you get bbw as a category big a beautiful category. women yeah. in in porn and to a certain degree modeling as well yeah. it's like you have to have a certain body type you gotta yeah. have big titties gotta big titties, small waist hips yeah yeah and Maybe a little shorter yeah I mean, like for example like i have never been considered bbw i would be happy to be marketed or to market <laughs> myself I'm as not, as not, thick no. but like uh, you know i it, I just like don't I don't have that exact it's body type but then I'm ne- also never gonna be like petite right you know and it's bullshit it's, it's like you all want to fit us into all these compartments it's like nothing you know also like you know there's an acceptable fat person you know there's an acceptable amount of fat a person could have mm. or at least the shape a fat person should be right you know you have to have big boobs you have to have a smaller waist or a flatter stomach than most you have to have a big old butt with like wide hips i knew i was never going to be that person i'm way more, i'm more muscular built mm. than that and i'm also taller which is fine that's why i come up with amazon and it's worked for my benefit you know fuck you <laughs> you know i'm soft and hard at the same time balance people balance oh yeah balance, balance. Oh, there soft it is and hard. again yeah the yeah. the you're you're both the silky ties and the and heavy the, metal the heavy bondage shackles. oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy chain you to the bed and then put a pretty bow on you <laughs> oh, you're oh, so and that's pretty. Also, but that also is a very gender fluid gender queer yeah. sort of manifestation yeah i love that I, i'm i'm with it I'm hell with yeah it. but yeah being a fat sex worker bro um Unlearning all those lessons taught growing up that I don't deserve to be to have someone who's into me. I don't deserve to have sex. I don't deserve to feel good. I remember even one fucking kid in high school. I was singing. I was. I'm a big sublime. I love Sublime, and I had the, the you know good old CD players back in the day. So oh, yeah. I was like switching up into Sublime, and I love that song Date Rape. It's just hilarious because it reminded me of a teacher in that school. Mm-hmm. He, I swear to this day, I still think that he was a, he was a piece of shit. Anyway, but this kid and I was singing along to Date Rape, and he says, "Oh, that's the only way you're gonna get laid." Oof. And it could have been in the context of I needed to rape somebody to have sex or i needed to get raped to have sex i wasn't sure all i was like was well you know i'll knock you out and leave you naked on the fucking floor without fucking you (laughs) or you know like i don't need to like knock someone out to fuck them i'll just knock them out to knock them out (laughs) you know especially you fuck that noise but i remember that being especially as a teenager and i was like i said i was an alternative person i was also i've always been into sexuality and human sexuality i remember um so i'm dominican and puerto rican and as we can see we got a lot of hair hell yeah most of my aunts and my cousins do hair all right dominicans we do hair because we have very specific hair so we have to have salons dedicated to us so my aunts having salons growing up would always have old cosmos and Mm. like old maxims and I, i read both i don't give a shit i I don't know which one I like more. I 
I like looking at girls more. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh man, Matt Maxim. You remember that shit? That, that was there was such a specific like. I I just remember the thing with Maxim was that they would always they would get an actress that was like known for being like more pure or just like younger and, and then like her up. Uh, yeah and slutting yeah. her up yep. and that was like uh, but they were it was so photoshopped and so just like rape tiny. culture well just like <laughs> just pe- like bit. like petite yeah everyone's so it's the same skinny. thing like like generate g- generic hottie regulation hottie right you know to quote mean girls but even but even right but like <laughs> even this idea of like Oh well, Maxim just had you know the girls that are uh, attractive to everyone, or you know generic, or the like baseline of uh, you know. And it's like no, actually, mm-hmm. lots of different people are attracted to lots of different people, and like certain body types have become like a status symbol of like you should have someone who looks like this on your arm, but that might not actually even be the kind of person that you are attracted to or and also you're allowed to be attracted to more than right. one kind of person so I, I i i try to like interrupt this idea of like like oh well people who are like empirically attractive like as if there's like one kind of person that would be like hot to everyone and that's just right like, it's just actually not how human and, desire works and it's all subjective right we're all into what exactly. we're into and you know you're not into it okay someone else is into it okay who cares is it really affecting your life it shouldn't but let's not let's not forget that all this misrepresentation comes from like fat phobia you know of course it comes from a deep hate of fat people um what's up with that well that comes uh, from from racism that's racism (laughs) in general uh racism and the fat black body i'm misquoting that book but it's a very good book and it talks about i forget her name but she was she was brought to i'm sure it was the east side and she was a black woman she you've seen her the big over exaggerated uh, hot and tot hot and tot they was that it Black woman. She was basically put in a zoo. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So she was an African woman. African woman. Who was basically treated like a freak show. Like a freak show. Because of her shape. Because of her shape. Yeah, because she was very voluptuous and, you know, had junk in the trunk and was more cushion for the pushing, whatever you want to (laughs) say, especially from, especially back then. No, we've got, you're, you're the best. Such a, such a good producer. You're the best. Yeah, the hot and hot Venus. Yeah, yeah. Sa- yeah. Sarah, Sarah Bartman. Bartman. Yep, that's the one. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so a fear and over-sexualization of Ooh. fat bodies comes from racism. This is such an interesting dichotomy to fear and hatred of certain bodies, certain identities, and then the simultaneous exotification of those folks. So this like attraction, repulsion, they're both about control and an attempt at subjugation. People don't know how to express their desire for someone or a certain type of body or how to like, or, or express something like about themselves. And so they exotify that person because then they feel like they can control that person and therefore control that desire control like have self-control i don't know what do you think i mean i feel like that kind of is what even started like the slave trade right like the danes went to africa they saw strong glistening black 
beautiful bodies, I'm sure, that did not look anything like theirs. A combination of attraction, sexual attraction probably, fear, made them want to control the entire group, race, Damn. what have you. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're fucking right and it's it sucks it does it, it sucks. really fucking sucks <laughs> it sucks and that's pr- that's very much part of like my work too decolonizing decolonizing my root work you know going back to going back to when i was doing my spirituality work when i found yoga and mm-hmm. brujeria and then santeria which is very prominent in my uh neck of the woods in the caribbean which came from Nigeria, West Africa, oh. during the slave, uh, transatlantic slave trade. That's why Dominicans are black. Don't tell them. They don't like hearing that. You're black. <laughs> We're black, but like... <sighs> so, growing up Latin, yeah. growing up Spanish, Hispanic. I'm not Spanish because I don't like to claim my Spaniard side. They were racist as fuck. Mm. They did a lot of shit, too. It wasn't just the, year, the you know, England... Danes. It was this. It was very much the Spaniards too. Part of my work is by uh, decolonizing those beauty standards. And fuck yes. My uh, going back to my aunts who do hair. I straightened oh, yeah. out my hair for so long as a child to fit into a mold. Right. My father was very much against it. He's from DR originally. He came here when he was thirteen. He wanted me to be like. Bloop, 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 bloop. He didn't want me to tweeze my eyebrows. He's like, don't use tampons you know he just wanted me to be as natural as possible and i think i understand why now more than ever because our culture was so much it was assimilated like to the point of where we are not sure even if our lore is correct like it's kind of like oral tradition and putting pieces of the puzzle together and growing up i know that the women in my family had to a, give them their whole identity up to be wives and mothers mm-hmm. to most of the times were shitty ass men who would cheat on them, beat them, start to have other families, what have you. And uh, on my mother and my father's side, you know, so I oh do. Oh my God, you're weaving together so much it, right now. It comes of together. Like, <laughs> of like the entire history of colonialism and yeah. violence and also hair and also <laughs> culture and also parenthood, parenthood. specifically like bir- like birthing and nurturing yeah. and what uh, what people are expected to give up and not take up space i'm just like i i'm i'm in awe of I'm trying. everything like that I'm you're rambling. weaving no you're not no you're weaving together <laughs> everything we're talking too. about great oh thank you for keeping me on track sometimes i get off no 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 you're perfect <laughs> thank you no Beam. this is the tangent show the tangent because it's love it. my show uh, yes we'll go off on many tangents many um i do this work ultimately for my foremothers yeah. um and that's only come to me recently in this year that i've really just i've invested a lot of time and money and energy into myself and um it's it's become more and more clear that I was pushed into this spotlight, even though I didn't want it at first. Or this was exact hesitant. spotlight. This one right here. <laughs> these little two little ones right here. Instead of like fighting against it, I'm like, you know what? If I could, if I could make a difference in some sort of way, I'm going to. When I was a chubby cruiser, when I was a bicycle enthusiast, you know, I helped inspire a lot of people to like get up and try a bike or get up and get active and cool. make themselves happy. And I love that. So I feel like going back to integrating my my lives together like if i was able to do that 
and reach out to somebody and they, you know, like a mother that feels like I could never do that, you know, sees me and is like, oh, maybe I can do that, you know? Because I've been there. See, you did it. You just wove it back into representation mattering. It does. It does. (laughs) I'm yelling at the mic like it's the mic's fault. (laughs) But it matters. It fucking matters, man. And that's why I'm grateful for any opportunity to voice my, you know, my, my crazy mind. Show people like, you know, you could be fat and ride a bike for miles <laughs> Hell yeah. for work to make money off of it you could be a brown person and make your work about you and mm. not about working for you and not working for someone else because people of color are already automatically paid less we're automatically already kind of like viewed as less so if you could find something like that makes you matter feel like you matter more and like you can make some sort of a difference i say do it i know it's if it ruffles feathers okay that means it's important work because we won't get far if we don't rough we're here now because we've ruffled many feathers you know you've done your thing that i could not possibly have thought of doing because of you know the time period of where i grew up wherever we're able to be that open we're able to like integrate now a little bit more because of our four mothers our four parents are the ones who fought and ruffled those feathers before us you know now we're here to continue to ruffle those feathers maybe style them a little bit so they look pretty (laughs) all right because i'm big on aesthetic so yeah it's important to do that work and that's why i'm here Holy fucking shit. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Maddox, I talk. <laughs> please anytime. Uh, I want to ask you yeah. about blackmail. <laughs> oh, we not to do a total this. like about face. Yeah, but okay. I really want to do a like a a, a a brief. Absolutely. Why are people into that? Yeah. Why are people into blackmail? What's sexy about blackmail? Oh man, what is it? Let's see. <laughs> um, it's fear, you know? Yeah. Fear, fear could be very fear could It's be like very a sexy, fear of exposure. Very, yeah, 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 yeah. The fear of, like, losing something. The fear of uh, being outed, you know? Yeah. Um, the fear of being looked at differently. The yeah. The fear of being in control of somebody else. It, you're giving up the, all that control and your life is in somebody else's hands. That's a very big deal, you know? That's yeah. a very big deal to people, um, especially people who like psychodrama and fear play blackmail, things like that, which uh-huh. I love so much. Because yeah, I love threatening same. people. I could talk shit all day, you know? Like, you know, send me those pictures. Hell yeah. Let me see. You could suck your own dick? Great. <laughs> no, for real. Like, the, my latest one, it's great. He could suck his own dick. It's amazing. He, I find so him on Night Flirts. So. And, so and so you're blackmailing So I'm him. blackmailing him. Uh, he just sent me some videos. I'm like, okay, great. 
I do have somewhere to go right now. So maybe I'll video you, video chat you while I'm with my friends, and you could show them too. I mean, they're not going to believe me if I show you these, show them your pictures. So we might as well show them a live show. Oh, no, mistress, you can't possibly do that to me. Yes, I could possibly do that to you. We could definitely get this going. Why not? You hear them laughing in the background? And then I have like, I have a sound bite specifically of a bunch of doms, my dom friends, laughing so I could play it in like, on like, you know, it's like a replay. Trade it to people. secrets. Trade secrets, people. Audio you're bites. The, you're a Foley artist. <laughs> Dude, and I've always actually been interested in that. It's a very interesting line of work. Um, <laughs> it is, it is. I love movies too. It's fun. Um, cool. Mostly like, I mean, I like I said, like, what are some fear, things that like, people like to be blackmailed about besides oh, being able to for those among us who can't suck our own dicks right i mean because i mean i've been trying for years but i Same. just can't yeah i just can't i can't seem to get there says belly um <sighs> never change never change <laughs> i mean it will never change <laughs> the oh god what are some common things that people are like i can't have this exposed so like i'll get, give you whatever you want like, like just not yeah. anything but the, not the briar patch right <laughs> so, so yeah um people who like to get shitted on oh yeah toilets toilets don't want to be exposed as being disgusting dirty ass toilets because i mean if you're a shit eater i, I doubt you want people to know you're a shit eater i in mean general. in general this is a general over generalization probably and yet they keep calling and yet they keep calling yeah. and they keep wanting me to send them pictures <laughs> you know like anyway um so that's definitely one that they that people love being blackmailed over another is uh being cissified when they're in cis when they're cissified sure i feel like this comes from a from a closeted place sure. though so that's a shameful place i try not to do specification and feminization with the context of shame mm. you know involved like mm. that's just not my thing i'm very queer and i don't think dressing well, pretty should make you feel you know 100 i mean it's so interesting even that the first two things that you mentioned are like something like empirically i mean maybe not empirically disgusting but like you know like As definitely a, like like cold. unsafe like yeah. you know repulsive like yeah. yank shit Hardcore. and then you're like and then uh putting on a dress it's a little that those things Different would be spectrum. like yeah. uh equally shameful and that yeah. someone would like you know empty out their bank account rather than be exposed as a shit eater or someone who or likes to wear or... lipstick it's like yeah. really a sign of what a uh, misogynistic society we live in absolutely and how i guess close-minded also like people could be right i yeah. mean like well if people have been indoctrinated with that yeah. it can be hard it to be hard. unlearn and in the meantime we might as well take their money yeah i mean shit what right yeah i mean i i look at it as reparations anyway <laughs> especially <laughs> when it comes from non-poc people um definitely but yeah i mean it's because you know shit eaters yeah you obviously see why you wouldn't want to be blackmailed for that and to a lesser extent, I guess, being seen in a dress, it kind of seems like one is like more extreme than the other. But shame is a powerful tool, people. Yeah. That's why the government uses it on us. Yo. That's why society likes to make us feel guilty about everything. Yo. Do your thing. But no, 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 not like that. Not like yeah, that. yeah. That's society, you know? But, but buy this thing and then... And the, but 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 use it in this way, you, not the way you want to, but the, the way we intended for you to yeah. use it. Consume. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, okay, guy. Yeah, I think people just like being blackmailed because of the fear and uh, the giving up of control and the not knowing what's next and like anticipation is really a big part oh, of this. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
So yeah, fear of the unknown also. Fear of the unknown. And it's like an ongoing psychodrama. Yeah. You could really draw it out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um I have like an ongoing texting thing with someone who um I'm like he said I reminded them of their old babysitter who used Great. to like beat on them and like what have you. I've heard that one before. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's very common. <laughs> Always I a babysitter. too remind people of their babysitter. That's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the eternal like teenage like energy i feel anyway <laughs> i feel like eternal youth um yeah, right i love like a sometimes, babysitter Listen. sometimes like when my kid was little so like oh is this your son yeah i'm not the babysitter this is my baby he's attached to me this is my baby so this guy this 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 person i'm texting uh we text back and forth and we have this ongoing that i'm going to kidnap him great if he doesn't continue so he, he's doing anal training right so if Great. he doesn't continue to, in between his dates, keep things in his ass, mm -hmm. that I'm going to drive over to his house with a bunch of my people and put him in the trunk of my car. And I have his work address. Great. And then drive him all the way to his work, bound, tied, plugged up to the brim, and drop him right in front of the lake and just wait till morning. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be in the middle of the night. It's not going to be during the day. It's going to be in the middle of the night when facilities are closed. So if he, if he, <laughs> if he survives the night. If he survives the night, yeah. then, then everyone gets to walk in and see their coworker bound, gagged, tied, plugged, and probably some shit written on him. Like, I'm a fucking slut. Use all my holes. Uh, you know, like. You know, the basics. The basic stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, if he ever fails to uh fulfill oh, yeah. his his duties and mm -hmm. you need some help mm -hmm. i'm right, ring a ding ding yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, uh, i i can draw i'm a good uh awesome. van driver great yeah i need you to peel off as fast as possible i can do that i, I know exactly i know exactly how to the great. angle to make it peel yeah great. Awesome. been practicing great yeah. Uh, yeah yeah keep practicing your day will come babe yes yes <laughs> we, will, we will kidnap some dirty perv sooner or later somebody is gonna fail mm -hmm. and I hope it's that, that's gonna be my time to shine fun. yeah yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. I want to learn so much more about blackmail, but we have been talking for an hour and I want to give uh, time for questions. Does anybody have any questions about blackmail or parenthood or fatties or, or just like literal vibrators, vibrators, literally anything, comic books, Things anything you at all? gag people with. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, what a great question. So the question yeah. is, uh, like, is it always is are your blackmail scenes always about the the threat and the fantasy kind of like dirty talking about all of the awful things that you could do? Um, but some of these are things that you definitely could plausibly do. Yeah. As we have established, I will drive this yeah. getaway van. Yeah. So uh, so you could we could make it happen. You could make it happen. Uh, yeah. Have you ever made it happen? Um. So so far in terms of like a planned um like this not yet i am working up to that but things like like regular threats to myself like i'm gonna stomp the shit out of your balls whenever our next session is and then like some time will go by and, yeah and then i will definitely stomp the shit out of their balls you know like so it like it depends on you know so like these long elaborate ones um when it comes to like psychodrama the more drawn out it is the better right for the people they building want tension the and building suspense. of the tension and words, you know, the exchange of words, you know, what you say is very important, you know, how you say it. But I definitely want to, like, I'm really hoping I want to, like, I would like that we just kidnap this motherfucker. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be so good. I can't. Um, Personally, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
So the question is, do we have advice about not only coming out, but what it means to have to keep coming out about so many different identities, be it being queer, being queer in a new, fresh way that you didn't realize before, uh, being a sex worker, being a fresh queer, you know, and then maybe that things change, like you become a parent, then you're coming, you know, you're coming out to to different, you have these intersecting identities and you're like coming out to your kink community about being a parent, coming out to your parent community about being kinky, coming out to your sex work community about being a parent, like all of these different things. So like, what's our advice? Do you want to go first? Oh God. Sure. Sure. Yes. Bravery, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes being, you know, being brave. Also takes a level of not giving a fuck because there's always going to be somebody that says something. That's true. There's always going to be somebody that has something negative to say. And it's hard to not to, fo- to not focus on that, but you're gonna have to. Uh, the Three of Cups tarot card comes Ooh, to mind. Yes. Because uh, you know, on that tarot card, the person's looking down. There's two cups in front of them spilled. They're like very upset about it. But behind them, there are three full cups, right? Mm. In the same same sense, like, yeah, there's gonna be people who are gonna be like, you're a horrible person. You're a shitty parent. But there's also gonna be people like, you're brave. I see you. I stand by you. So really count. Th- those count for more. Definitely. That's beautiful advice. Oh, thank you. I literally just thought about something that was upsetting me yesterday and realized that I should think differently about it because you just, I feel like you just pulled a tarot card for me (laughs) without there actually being a deck here. Ah, Bruja Pussy. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you, Bruja. Ah, got you, babe, any day. Um, now I want a full reading. Oh shit! Well, I got. I, I don't do that. Oh, you I don't? know people. Who do okay. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hook me. Um, up. I got you. Uh, um, and you can like you can watch because you're a voyeur. I am a voyeur. I like watching. <laughs> I like watching. Yeah, you gotta be brave, and at some point you gotta be like fuck people, fuck what they're gonna say, you know? Because again, they're always gonna say something, and because you're gonna get sick and tired of not living your truth at some point, you're gonna feel like I'm not really. I'm just going through the motions. I'm waking up and going to sleep, waking up, going to sleep. So if it like, if you think about it a lot and if you feel like it's calling you, then it's probably calling you. And regardless of the kickback, you should, you should go for it because more often than not, you'll feel better. Good things will come from it. And I'm not just talking about like monetary and material things. I'm talking about like your sense of self worth, uh, your image, the, you know, maybe even the work that you're doing for others, you know? Yeah. What about you, Ben? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. The thing that comes to mind for me is that I think that that coming out is really important. The discourse around coming out for queer folks has been very important. And I think there's been also an important sort of counter narrative of like the fact that it's easier for some people to be out and to come out than others and and putting pressure on people to be like you're not you know you're like betraying your queerness or your queer community by not coming out like for some people it's like truly like literally unsafe to be out and and, and especially in, in certain environments and so um when it comes to all of the different things that um i could be out about in different environments something that is like a guiding light for me or that helps me to access my bravery is thinking about my intersecting privilege and thinking about how like for example like I have 
a great deal of privilege as a white person and uh, and as somebody who has degrees that give me uh, social mobility and and class mobility, even though I am definitely working class and and I, but then I'm uh, I'm a woman and that gives me like less gender privilege and I'm queer and that gives me less privilege, but I also like have more passing privilege as a queer person than a lot of other queer folks. Yeah for a lot of different reasons. And so like I try to be out wherever I can about being a sex worker and and try to figure out how to sort of position myself as like is this a situation where it's appropriate for me to say I'm a retired sex worker or a former sex worker which is like never going to be true. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just always going to <laughs> to yeah. keep doing it and also like there is a like pornographic image of me grinding away on the internet, uh, which is forever, um, forever. Uh, so, you know, there's like a certain <laughs> point at which like being a retired sex worker is like, well, that, that stigma is, is still going to, uh, like potentially uh, affect me forever. So anyway, my point is, is that like, it's, uh, it is some, it's a, a way that I try to leverage my privilege and use my privilege to be out when I can to try to make the world safer in whatever incremental ways I can for um, people who share some of my identities but have less privilege than me and other identities. So that's, that's my advice when I'm feeling like I don't really want to tell this person that I'm at like a potential job interview for that they can google me and see my pussy getting electrocuted like right now that makes me uncomfortable but it's like well yeah there's like a lot of other sex workers who like would definitely not be able to get this job or make this money or like have this access um because of uh like because they're poc or because they don't have the gender and queer passing privilege that i do and Mm. so that that helps me to uh, to be brave and that also feels like a better use of privilege than like to just like walk around with like white guilt all the time. I'm not like yeah. looking to like assuage my guilt. I'm looking to like use privilege as fuel to do the right thing whenever I can. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. No, thank you for doing that. Oh, you know? well, thanks well, for validating work. me. There's work that, you know, for both sides. So yeah. yeah. Well, and it's best when we work together. That's right. Unity. So the question is, you know, Maddox talked about having, you know, having the, uh, the great experience of having a pro dom friend and neighbor who lived below them, uh, when they were 18, who took them to their first play party. Uh, and so somebody is asking, you know, if I'm not lucky enough to have that, like cool, uh, you know, mama dom to turn me out. Um, what are, what are some ways like right now in, 2019 it's about to be 2020 you know it it, in new york city or elsewhere um that i can start like exploring or experimenting or or putting myself out there Uh, first of all pleasure chest is is a really great community center and coming to uh you know i'm biased obviously but like coming to why are people into that live and, and coming to the workshops here which speaking of class are always free um and then you get discounts on sex toys which is really great I also would love to plug Kink Out, which is a mm-hmm. really amazing queer inclusive, sex work inclusive 
POC centering, uh, slut centering, and leather focused, which meaning like BDSM and kink like culture and and history uh, and community. So, so Kink Out produces events, but then also like all of their social media, they like uplift other intersecting communities. So they're like always posting about the cool shit, and they're like yeah. great, and they're and they're doing art installations so now. MoMA, in, yeah, yeah, in MoMA and yeah. Leslie Loman. So there's also more. I just went there. It was great. To, to the Leslie, Leslie Loman, yeah, 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 totally, so same. Great. They're doing exactly what you're asking for, which is building more of those spaces. And the thing that is really great that I'll say about Kink Out is that they definitely are facilitating spaces where there are kinky and sexy things happening, but they're also facilitating community conversation. They're also facilitating yeah. art. They're also facilitating education, all sort of centered around community joy and pleasure. So there are like sex parties that I could tell you about and like play parties, like legendary play parties that I could tell you about. Um, and going to those is really fun, but sometimes that's like overwhelming, a bit overwhelming and maybe, and maybe like part of what you want is to like have those sexy experiences or like meet, meet people to have those sexy experiences with, but maybe also part of what you want to do is build community and create culture. And I think that that is something that kink out is really foregrounding. So that would be my recommendation. And I wish I could yeah. list other folks like them, but I think that the thing that's really amazing about what they're doing is it's that it's one very singular kind. and unique. Yeah. 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 I agree. Definitely with kink out. They're a great, uh, they're a great organization. So girl, I'll go to a party with you if you want. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, the yeah, now. I'll give you the neighbor. I won't charge you. Oh, okay. I don't really, yeah, so I don't really charge females and femmes. <laughs> but sliding scale for queer, femme, trans, disabled yeah. people of color. If you're white, cisgendered, you're paying full price, basically. That's all I'm saying. As don't worry about be. it. Yes, as you should be. So if you want to go to a party, you could definitely, we could definitely exchange information in terms of. Oh my like, God, you're like a doula. If, I, I, I mean. <laughs> But the baby's already born, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So uh, I'm going to name a couple of things off the top of my head. Uh, Goddess Loft. I did mention Goddess Loft. They're a good space to not only rent out of if you're a pro, but they also have uh, curated parties, a couple parties in the month. There's one tomorrow, uh, intro to anal and pegging, which I'm trying to make. So, hey, hey. Oh, yeah, I love butt stuff. So, like, same, same, no yeah, man. Here. Lady Euphoria is always hosting workshops. She's the best uh educational wise um lola jean is also she also hosts a bunch of things bedlam is a pretty good party you pay 25 dollars. it's open so it's not like you have to get uh vetted or an mm. invite only so it's a really good like party to go in see the setup see who runs it see what people are doing submit submit great, if you feel like party. it you know their fourth anniversary is the tw- their 21st that's the next party i'm may be there so vow has a party coming up next sunday oh yeah yeah so that's gonna be a lot of fun it's also a fundraiser yay yeah it's all good thing we'll, we'll, we'll talk it's yeah. a good place to start yeah yeah like also yeah as always i want to give a shout out to my loyal live sound engineer ben weber everybody Woo. give it up for ben yeah, Ben. it's a man as always, I want to thank the Pleasure Chest for hosting, especially Ryan and Bahar. Uh, and of course, my guest, Maddox. Everybody give it up for Maddox. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you, thank you. Um, so where can people find you on the internet? Oh, where can't you find me? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Instagram, Bruja Pussy uh, is my more personal family regular shit. Amazon Maddox is my work one. I post slightly different there. 
Um, I'm on FetLife, Amazon Maddox, Twitter, Amazon Maddox. Oh, God, what else? I'm on OnlyFans, $5 a month. Oh, cool. Yeah, for until the new year. Then I'm going to start up in those prices because a lot more perverted stuff is going on there. Oh, great. So that should be fun. I need to start an OnlyFans. Yeah, you should, babe. We got to get you on there. We got yeah. to make some stuff. We yeah. Some stuff. Okay, well, um, it's all happening. Yeah, buddy. What else? Where else the fuck am I? It's <laughs> um, a good place to start. It's a good place to start. Where if you are. don't have time, funds, whatever to like, possibly have a live in-person session with me i do phone and text sessions video sessions awesome through night flirt sex panther but also just like i'm, al- I'm always working around people just hit them up yeah just hit me up you can also find maddox on the <laughs> back cover of there i am of safe sex my new science me. fiction comic book maddox was one of the awesome I models for the dirty mind collection so which many is the, like exclusive oh, yeah. merch line oh, that yeah. I did with Jack the Stripper and uh, available till the 31st right only, only till yeah so do your shopping now then it goes back in the vault and it never comes back yeah <laughs> maybe for special occasions. maybe but yeah very thank you so much for having me be oh part my of god that. I, thank you I'm you looked amazing I was so happy to be and people are always surprised it's you because you wore that like I wore that crazy mask, nobody Bane mask yeah yeah I didn't you know yeah yeah it was great it was like 25 bucks because <laughs> it was missing a piece of hardware at Purple Passion. I'm like, but it doesn't look like it's missing anything. Give me the fucking mask. Oh, my God. Now try to kiss me. Bargain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. I want to spike bra. Come on, everybody. Try to hug me now. <laughs> go right. you know oh, you you go down it. to St. Mark's and find that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to Why Are People Into That wherever you pod. Follow me at Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. Please support the decriminalization of sex work wherever yes. you can. And do what you can to destigmatize whores, sluts, perverts, and queers. Yes. And now everybody go enjoy your 15% off shopping. Yeah. The store is open till 10. And we'll Woo! see you next time. All right. Fucking brilliant You're and amazing. Fucking brilliant and amazing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.